What's up? This is Lala, and I've got my co-host. Yoli in the building. And we are the hosts of the Spill Milk Podcast, where we are unpacking and pouring wisdom into what? Life spills. So welcome, fellow splashes and spillers. We've all heard people say there's no sense in crying over spilled milk, but we don't buy into that. Especially from my elders. Truth be told, if you want to cry over your spilled milk, then you do that. If you want to sit in your spilled milk, you do that too. Twiddle your thumbs, tap dance in it, whatever it is that you want to do. We believe that there are many different ways to handle in life spills. So if you want to cry, clean them up, or pour another glass, stay with the moment. You get to choose, but that's what this space is for. And we hope that you will join us on this journey as we continue to share and pour and talk about all of our spills and all of our opinions about other things as well. So thank you for joining us. We hope you stick around. Yes, 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 yes. We do hope you'll stick around. We hope that even too, when you experience your life spills, that you'll pour yourself another glass. But in the interim, let's get into it. Like I said, I'm Lala and I am one half of the podcast. So I am a fellow New Orleanian and I am the mother of one amazing boy. And um, I'm just excited to be here. I'm excited to just finally be doing something that we envisioned uh, months ago and actually putting it, you know, into place. And so I'm proud of us for that. So I'm looking forward to 2024. What is bringing in Happy New Year to all of the listeners? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I am more than thrilled. To be ushering in 2024 um, and to be on the precipice of the turn of a new year. Um, if your year was anything like mine, with 2023, baby, I am happy to see the whole go. Okay. <laughs> I am a mother, millennial, I'm an entrepreneur as well. I have two sons, um, 16 and 13. I cannot believe that. I have young men. Um, and naturally, right, life as an individual comes with its own spills. You don't even need to work at it. Um, they just come. I don't care how harmoniously you live. I don't care how much um, in servitude you are, whatever it is, life is going to always present spills. Um, and so perfection is not the goal here at all. Um, and as Allah has said, like there is no manual to this thing. There is no manual whatsoever. Um, and so we just want to take, take you along on the journey, um, hopefully inspire you also to live in your spills, right? Without shame, without worry or concern, um, of another person's opinions. Um, everybody has their own journey to walk. We each have different, a different set of 10 toes and, um, you know, a different path that our lives have ushered us on. And so we just have to make the best of it. Um, so I think now with that being said, I think it would be sweet for us. Lala, you tell me what you think, sis. It will be great for us to just kind of um, begin to foster that space amongst one another so that people can see how it is that we journey through our spills. What you think about that? I agree. Let me, you know, your, your little intro, your bio was way better than mine. So she shared with you all, you know, that her babies, you know, the ages 13 and 16. And uh, 
so I have a six-year-old about to turn seven years old um, in a little bit. And I am, I'm still kind of, I'm just shocked. I'm like, man, I can't believe my child, my son has been here seven years on the face of the earth. Shout out to God. Um, But yes, I am also an entrepreneur as well. We're both millennial mothers, but we wear many, many, many different hats. So you probably will hear us talking about uh, spill milk moments as it relates to, you know, our entrepreneurial endeavors and our streams of income that we have coming in. But like, you know, Yoli said, right, this is a podcast and, you know, we're going to focus on the everyday challenges and how we react to them and holding space for that, uh, you know, allowing uh each of us to respond in the way that we see fit in that moment. And then, you know, just honoring the human experience. So, you know, oftentimes we juggle a lot of multiple different roles, parenting, careers, you know, personal growth. And with each of these, uh, there's a lot of expectations and a lot of pressures and not just from society, but from ourselves. We're both type A personalities. And if you're a type A personality, you know what that comes with. And so, you know, we are, the pot, you know, here with the podcast to just focus on our stories and your stories, our perspectives, your perspectives. And just we're here to tap into the wealth of experiences that each and every one of us bring to the human experience, um, individual and universally. So again, like she said, I hope, you know, you will continue to stay on this ride with us uh, through 2024, you know, and, and, and our journeys of how we react to spilling milk, whether you choose to cry, clean it up, pour another glass. Um, it's, you know, it's not just about your immediate reactions to the spilled milk, but just, you know, the deeper choices that we make in the face of adversity and things that happen that are beyond our control. All right. So, here we're going to go ahead and I, I guess we'll go ahead and jump in. Anything you want to add? So before we jump in, we'll go ahead and we'll take a brief break. And when we come back, we're just going to talk about what we call our spilling the skim. Stay tuned. What's up, what's up, what's up? It's your girl, Lala. Are you thinking of starting your own podcast but not sure where to begin? Let's talk about it, right? Spotify for podcasters, formerly known as Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast offering everything you need. And best of all, it's all in one place and for free. With Spotify for podcasters, you can record, edit, and distribute your podcast effortlessly. Plus, you get detailed analytics to understand your audience better. And who all needs that info? Me. We want to know. It's time to share your voice with the world. So start your podcasting journey with Spotify for podcasters today. Welcome back to the Spilled Milk Podcast. 
So we're about to get into our segment. It's called Spill the Skim. This is where we're going to talk about our quote unquote 2023 milk moments. And we're just going to talk about it. You know, this is going to be an open forum. And so we're going to talk about how these spills impacted various facets of our lives and just utilize this time to just reflect on what these experiences taught us and how it's ultimately shaped our approaches to 2024. So Sissy, I'm going to let you start. And I guess we could kind of, you know, however we see fit, you know, tag team in here, but I'll let you go ahead with your first quote milk moment. Sure. So with 2023, um, Y'all gonna see why I said the hoe can go. <laughs> so, again, this is a safe space. I'm very emotional. I cry. I laugh real loud. I'm a hot mess all around. I'm very, very emotive. Um, so, with that being said, for me, um, my top of 2023 was realizing that the inevitable closing of my 15-year marriage was at hand. And so naturally, that in of itself just brings on so many things and alters so many facets of life as you know it. And Mm -hmm. so for myself, this spill was such a spill um, that it created branches of spills, right? So this is just the ultimate spill, um, the grand puddle is what I'm gonna call it. <laughs> um, and so I recognized the end of 2022 that my marriage was not going to continue and survive. And um, stepping into the new year, knowing that and seeking God about it, asking for him to guide me, asking for him to give me peace, asking for him to allow for me to properly and healthily peel back as many of the layers of that onion as I could. Mm-hmm. And so he allowed that space. He allowed that. So we were in an interim year and a half um, separation where we were trying to rebuild our relationship, if you would, Um we're trying to knit things together that we saw had unraveled. We were trying to course correct some things that we realized just got out of control between the both of us. And I just realized that the investment wasn't mutual. And so um, it was hard because I never, I don't care what anyone says about people may have delusional ideas and, and you know expectations of their marriage i don't know anyone personally i'm sure it exists but personally i don't know a single person who marries looking forward to divorce mm-hmm. that's true going to um and so i met my husband young i married young and so my entire youth was with one person and so, or young adulthood is what I should say. I was of age, but I was very young. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so, I think that the realization of that hit close to home. Um, and it was very. I'm appalled, right? Um, 
very uh, serendipitous. And I'm going to use that word because it's one thing when you actually, when you feel like you can see something coming and you're not sure what the something is, but you know it's going to be a major shift, that's what happened. So for me, I was hopeful and prayerful that it would be a positive shift in the right direction. But as, you know, the thing began to come closer and closer, God led me to a space where um, I had peace about everything. I had peace about everything. He has shown me all my efforts. He has shown me all the things that I had tried to do to correct myself, to mature, to grow, um, to shift, to improve, to let die um, in myself. And now I see full on, and he's still revealing things to me, but I see full on why he allowed for that space and that opportunity. Um, because it was a space and opportunity where my intimacy with him grew like it had never grown before yes. um, in my walk with him. And so it was ridiculously rich. It was a painful stretching, but it was very, very necessary. And I understand more and more why now. So I love, yeah, go, I'm sorry, sissy. I, I love how because um, I don't I don't want to miss that and I, I want listeners to catch that that it was a painful stretching um it was a painful stretching but it was a necessary uh stretching and so that's very 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 important I think a lot of times when life happens and we you know spill milk um that, and, and and that's also one of the things where there's no sense in crying over spill my glass. Sometimes you do need to sit and cry. Sometimes you do need to sit in the milk. Like the milk falls when it's, I envision it, you know, the glass falls over on the counter and it's, the milk is running down the cabinets and onto the floor and you just sit there in it because this is a moment where you need to sit. And I think a lot of times in our human experience, when things happen, we tend to rush over it. We tend to hurry up and clean it up, especially as mothers. We, we, I'm, I'm moving all the time. I'm like, let's clean it up. Let's go. We got stuff to do. And sometimes you really need to sit down and um, be still in that moment. And so what I hear um, is that even though this was a painful time for you, um, it allows you to reconnect with God in a different way. And I don't even want to say reconnect because you've always been connected to God, but to um, develop a relationship with him in a way in which you had never had that relationship before. It's allowed you to discover some parts of you and rediscover parts that you had let go. And um, I'm just curious in, you know, in what ways have you found strength or rediscovered yourself since you know, the demise of your marriage? Um, the femininity that I did not know I, that, I won't say that, because that's not true. I always knew the femininity was there, but I felt so disconnected from my femininity. Um, so that's one thing that definitely emerged. Um, or reemerged, however you want to say that. I'm going to say emerged, and I'm only going to say that because, like I said, I met my husband, my ex-husband, very young, um, and so I hadn't even like developed into very much of femininity and womanhood just yet, um, and so 
parts and ways of my journey was adaptation, right? So it wasn't even like I entered into this space knowing what femininity and womanhood was in totality. So that definitely um, fostered space for the femininity that I yearned for and desired to experience and to lay grasp of absolutely like that is something that's huge and when i say femininity i'm not talking about it in the new buzzword femininity per se in this thing where you look a certain way you know or whatever the case may be but it's an embodiment of self and there is this richness um that i have where my character and my personhood is becoming more and more amplified in a way that wasn't always received or nurtured. Um, and so that's definitely one way that I know for sure, like that is something that's emerged. That's a removal of sorts, a newness of sorts that I was able to attain from that. Um, and one that's even grander than that, and I already talked about intimacy with God, but even one that's more grand than that is with my body. Like, that is something that is new because prior to needing my husband, I played sports. I was an athlete. I always loved sports. Um, and so there's a different connection when you're growing up to your body as an athlete versus as a woman when you have birth to children, right? So my body is different, <laughs> very different um, from what it was when I met my husband or even after my first and right after my second son. Um, so just this connection with my body now more so than anything, like I don't know what all that is attributed to, um, but I definitely got to experience and have a new relationship and connection with my body. And I don't mean that in a sexual manner either, but that could be it also. But it's just, it's something about it that I don't necessarily realize that I had not grown in attunement to. So that's definitely a big deal. So for sure, for sure, my femininity, my womanhood and my body. So. So before we uh, get into another, because I know we can, we can, and, and and let me say this, you know, there's going to be definitely other opportunities for us during the podcast to really like delve deep into, you know, this, um, these various different topics. And if you so choose, you know, to delve deeper into it on episodes with our listeners, our community, but I do want to know um you know how do you approach the idea of pouring another glass and let me and let me that might be presumptuous uh how how have you chosen to deal with that particular spill have you chosen to you know just clean it up or have you chosen to pour yourself another glass have you chosen you know what have you chosen to do it sounds like part of that was you chose to sit with it um Yes. Actually, I did all of it. I did, I did all of the things. <laughs> like when I said sitting in, sitting in it and twiddling your thumbs, absolutely. That's where that phrase comes from because given our backgrounds, I'm sure we'll share later in the future, 
we haven't always been made to feel like there was space to just sit and there was space to just rest in the mess. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think that that is something that was either like offered to us as an option or was demonstrated in any way. Like, I don't know. For me, it wasn't. And so it was always, you spill your milk, you don't cry over it, you clean it up, you act like it was never there, you put your hot water in your soap and act like it was never there and you just get on with it. You hardly are allowed to acknowledge you spilled the milk, right? Because you spilled the milk and it's this, oh my God, you made a mess, right? Mm-hmm. So you're immediately made to feel shamed. You're immediately made to feel like a failure. All the things when you have a spill, right? And so embarrassment, like the like. And so for myself, I went through all of it, literally all of it. The cup spilled, I watched it spill, I watched it spread, I watched it dry up, get sticky, I stepped in it, I sat in it, I played in it, you know, I did all the things, and that was also something that was beautiful, that was fostered from this spill, was that I had never been taught how to experience my emotions. I've always been, like, I've always known how to articulate an experience, articulate an emotion, but never experience those emotions. So that definitely came with it as well. So I went through the full range of it. And it's not to say that it's over now still, right? And so I did all, I did all of the things. Um, and so, you know, in terms of that spill, I scrubbed it up, I soaked it up. After I did all the things that I knew to do with that and my prayer of asking God to peel back the layers of the onion for me, um, that's what that time and space was. That's what he afforded me to do. And I'm grateful for that. And so because of that, I have chosen um, to pour. (laughs) (laughs) I have chosen to pour another cup. At the immediate tip of the spill, I was like, I'll never pour another cup. I don't want to see a cup. I don't want to see no milk in this regard. I don't want to know nothing about this kind of pour, this kind of this kind of spill, this kind of nothing. <laughs> um, but through my healing journey, God revealed to me, he was like, you're a lover. You are a wife. You are. You just are. And so he's like, I'll let you kick in the milk. I'll let you play in the mud, you know, and out of that realization and a part of the journey and the healing that God blessed me with and the detachment of things. Um, yeah. Like he released me. I felt renewed. I had a very good, healthy heart to heart conversation with my ex-husband. Um, I apologize profusely. I express everything that I could think of and I bid him well. I bid him adieu. I bid him well. Um, I pray for him, but differently, naturally, because he's still the father of my sons. Um, And so the means, the method, and the veracity of my prayers have changed naturally. But he's not my enemy. I don't hate the dude. He's a decent guy. Word. You know? Um, I don't. He's not my enemy. I don't hate him. Like, I don't know how else to say that. Like, I I think I probably am one of the least bitter ex-wives I've encountered. <laughs> I don't know what to say with that, but that's the best way I could describe it. I know I'm not, you know, 
by myself in that. But in terms of personal experience, I've seen some really knock down, drag out things in divorce. Uh, but by God's grace, that has not been our story. So, yeah. amen. And I think that has allowed me to be able to pour another cup as well because I accept the risk of pouring cups. You know, like it is what it is. So. I think that's very important, accepting the risk of, you know, pouring cups. Um, so, you know, for me, one of my uh, spills this year um, was just not trusting myself, not trusting my gut um, as a mother. I knew my my son is going into first grade and he just his, I just felt this is not it. This is not it. Um, I know I had talked with you about it. I talked to, you know, my my circle, my inner circle about it. And I was just like, this isn't it. And um, for the listeners, so like I said, my son is six years old. He's going to first grade. And um, he had a, a few series of setbacks um, in the beginning. Actually, I'm not even going to say setbacks. I'm going to say setups, setups for layups. And uh, one of those things was my son was diagnosed with a speech disorder. It's mixed receptive and expressive language disorder. And my son, from the time he started going to school, he had been in private schools, a lot of Montessori's. And we tried, when it was time to get him into school, we went to a private school, took a look at it, thought that was going to be a good fit. Turns out it wasn't. And so we had him at a public school. And once he got the diagnosis, um, you know, we were just like, all right, we got it. This is what we're going to do. We got to get, you know, everything we have been doing just in a more directed way because we had a path now. And it turned into we just weren't seeing the support you know, wasn't seeing the support from my son at the school with his teacher, you know, all of these different things. And I'm just going to say this. I don't care how many degrees, <laughs> diplomas, accolades, however many elemental PQRZs behind your, your name it is. You know, if you lack integrity, if you do not um, have the characteristics and capabilities to teach you just can't teach. You know what I'm saying? And not everybody can be a teacher, you know? So I say all that to say this, that um, after several conversations with said teacher, I was just like, you know, this is not a good fit for my child. And as a parent, it's my responsibility to shepherd my child, to steward my child, to protect my child, to instill the appropriate values into my child, um, to encourage him to uplift him to build up his confidence to to show him how to speak boldly and this is a child who um didn't say his first words until the pandemic started and um to that point you know one of the biggest concerns was just him feeling comfortable using his voice and at a public school, which ended up, unbeknownst to me, swallowing up two other schools that had closed, it's easy for him to get lost in the shuffle um, and not have the type of care exhibited to him 
that he had seen his entire educational career since 15, since he was 15 months when he started at Atascacita Montessori. So it's, it was, you know, uh, a shift for us. And I went through a lot of angst. I went through a lot of anger, crying, a lot of different emotions. And the, it was, the spilled milk was where, you know, I enrolled him against my better judgment for first grade. And I'm literally watching the, I'm, I'm, it's, it's like you're, you're watching the milk being poured in the glass and you're like, okay, it's going to stop. They say it's going to stop. They said about to stop pouring. They said about to stop pouring. It looked like it, but it's still coming out. The milk is still coming into the glass. And at some point, you know that it's going to overflow. And now it becomes a thing of, you know, for me, uh, if my son is the glass, it becomes a thing of like, what? how much damage are you doing to it? And I know when we think about milk in a glass, you, you don't think that you're damaging the glass, right? Because you're thinking that, I'm just pouring it in here and if it spills, you just pick it up or whatever and stuff like that. But um, inevitably you have these outside factors that come into play and you're pouring the milk and into the glass and then, uh-oh, somebody comes and something happens and it knocks over the glass and now it's it's shattered. And sometimes when something breaks, you can put it back together, but it's never really, you know, all the way right but when it shatters you can and that's what i was trying to prevent from my son first grade to you know his senior year of high school and college that's a long time i don't want my child to develop a negative perception of school and he still has such a long way to go and so um i remember walking in there with the other parent <laughs> we co-parent and i was like hey you better show up. If you don't show up, I can't be responsible for what happens because I already knew where I was leaning towards. And um, I was tired of having conversations, conversations with the principal, assistant principal, teachers like this is ridiculous. And um, and I was very active, a very active parent in the school, on the board for the school and everything. And so he showed up and I was like, OK, you know, now you get to see what I'm talking about. And he this is a person who believes in giving you, you know, the benefit of the doubt. And then when he started seeing the things not progressing with the teacher after he inquired about it, it's like, you know, okay, well, I'm gonna give her to the weekend. Now I'm gonna give her till Monday. And I just, I had enough. And so um, I made the decision uh, to pull my son out of school and October, the very beginning of October. And I was like, I'm going to homeschool him. And I literally, listeners, I came up with this whole name for the school, this mission and everything. And I had started amassing all of these uh, educational resources, which little by little, I realized that was God prepping me for the moment. Um, and so because I had been amassing them way before we got to this juncture. And um when it was all said and done, I remember walking into the school with my letter and I'm like, took my son to school. And um, it, he was, it had gotten to a point where he was crying going to school. Like my child is happy. Y'all never met my child, but my child is happy. My child is easy going. He is super chill. He is, it's just like, so 
you know, if, if I see my child upset, like understand I'm the mama that's going to be on your ass because my kid is a happy child. And I prayed every day for a happy child and he is the epitome of a happy kid. And so um, we got up to the school and I said, hey, I handed the letter to the assistant principal and I was like, yeah, we're, we're out. And it, he was trying to talk to me. It was like, nah. And when I walked out of that school with my son first looking at his face, I wish I could have recorded that moment because I was like, we're not going back anymore into there. And just the look on his face and everything. And I felt like a weight. I felt like I had been, I didn't even realize, I knew I was carrying a weight, but I didn't realize how much of a weight I was carrying. And let me tell you something, listeners, especially if you're a, one, a woman and stuff, you know, if you carrying your weight in the basket, on, in, in some baskets on the top of your head, you can tell when, you know, it's too heavy, when it, it's too much, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, but when you are carrying it on your back, on some straps to your back, you don't like, just think about us going to school and we actually had backpacks and big textbooks and stuff like you putting them books in there and books in there and books in there and books in there. And that first day it feel heavy. But guess what? After you don't put it in your uh, in your back, on your back for a week, two weeks, you quickly realize, you know what I'm saying? Hey, this is, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I continue to just keep moving with this backpack on me and I'm just rolling with the backpack. And so I'm dragging, but I don't feel like I'm dragging all of this weight with me. And once I got in that car with my child and I put him in and I got into that car and we got ready to pull away, I felt an immense amount of joy, joy I felt. And I was like, oh my gosh, I felt like a refreshing because I knew this was like the beginning of an amazing journey with my child and an amazing there will be a testimony of just, you know, you are responsible for your child. I can never go back and get the time back for him. I can never go back and do first grade over and things like that. And, and they say no child left behind, but they will leave your child behind. You have to be your child's biggest advocate. And so what I decided to do in that, that spilled milk moment, I, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to clean it up because I don't like the smell of spoiled curdled up milk but what i'm not gonna do is pour myself another glass no thank you i pass i'm lactose intolerant now and so that's what i decided to do so i grab my child and we get up and he's so happy to do his work and go through everything and just you know i have watched my child who has been diagnosed with a speech disorder not only be able to formulate sentences, but to be able to read and to be able to comprehend what he's reading and to be able to think ahead. If I ask him, what what do you think is going to happen? And then he says what he thinks is going to happen. My child wasn't doing that at the top of the year, at the top of first grade, nothing. It is through nothing but God, like prayers. My prayer warriors praying over me and me asking God for the strategic insight for how to teach my child in a way that he can understand and retain it. And so, and, and, and also it was the, also the choice in that, you know, to not listen to, you know, his father and to, to listen to, um, other individuals who had a differing perspective. This is my child. And yes, that is his father's child as well, but he lives with me and I know him 
the ins and outs of him. And I don't know everything because I did not create my son. However, I am in relationship with the one who did create him. And so I can go to him for insight into how to reach my child, how to talk to my child in a way that he will understand how to foster a relationship with him and to create an environment in which he understands that he can have a differing opinion. He can take a minute to gather his thoughts because it does, it's almost like English is a foreign language to him. It takes him a second to gather his thoughts, but he is very intentional with his words. He is not going to give you anything he you don't have to wonder if what he said is what he meant he meant what he said you know with <laughs> finality with <Listen>. finality <laughs> I, 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 listen okay i'm laughing but this this is absolute okay absolute this kid okay before i get into this though sissy i just want to first of all there's so many things you said and i was like wanted to reserve space so for you to get all of your heart out but many, many things. When you said trusting myself, when you started with that, can you please tell me, do you think that you had an early life experience or some at some point of a life experience that would condition you to have not listened to yourself? Yeah, I could talk about that. Great question. Um, I think there's just a lot that happens in life that makes you, you know, not necessarily uh, trust yourself in, in what your decision is. So, um, I'll say this as a mother. So uh, my son, when he was born, he passed his hearing test. Well, when he was born, that's a whole nother fiasco for a whole nother day. But um, there, were, there were some complications uh, during the delivery. But I'll say this. He tested and passed his hearing test. We had no issues. I am someone who uh, graduated, you know, magna cum laude, uh, graduated from law school with distinction, with honors. Um uh, I was in a national honor society and just all of these different things, you know, and, um, I did not start talking until I was, I was two years old, but I was almost three. And my first word was cookie because my grandfather showed up, uh, every day he was a mailman and he showed up with Oreo cookies and it was like, Hey, cookies and milk. You, if you want a cookie, you got to talk. And obviously I must've liked Oreos back then. And so, and so that's, that's, that's how that went. But, but I took that as, you know, I had been around my son's cousin and he was kind of late with talking as well. And so I, knowing that I was late with talking, I just was like, look, you know, he, he gonna talk when he's ready to talk. When my child is ready to talk, he'll talk. And, uh, it took being at a dinner in September of 2019 to hear someone saying that they had gotten their, they had three boys and had gotten their last son tested for hearing um, and realized that there was an issue. And that got my child's father and I talking and it was like, let's get him tested. And when we did, 
finding out that there was the amount of hearing loss that my child has sustained, um, that I think that is probably what made me second guess myself um, as, as a parent because I was like, I'm with my child all the time. He's with me all the time. How how can I? How could I have not known he could not hear? How could I have not known? you know, that he couldn't hear me as well. And I mean, parents, you know, you, you, you've seen your children and I, this is where I had to pray and hold space for myself because when little kids are fixated on something, they, they don't not hear you talking to them. They just don't care. They're only concerned about what it is that they want to do in that moment. Um, and so, you know, I, I, none of his teachers had ever said anything. It's just like, how could I have missed that? How could that have fallen off of my radar? And so in, you know, checking with my child's father and talking with him and him believing that our son needed to stay in school and, you know, and my better half saying that as well, I began to think, you know, maybe it's wrong. Maybe I'm doing my child a disservice. Um, and some of the things came up was just like his friends and you know all of these things maybe i'm doing my baby a disservice taking him out and so i second guessed myself uh, but one thing my grandfather used to say if you study long you study wrong and um like i said i have a relationship with god and i remember going back to this um sermon that uh, John Gray did. And John Gray was just saying that, you know, sometimes, and and he was talking about marriages in particular, but he was just like, you know, you, you don't consult God about how to deal with your spouse. And, and it's just like, you, you literally are like, oh no, I got it. I know how to do it. It's like, how are you going to know how to handle your spouse and how to deal with a situation when I gave you your spouse? I know him. I created him. And so, you know, God knew my child. God knew my child. And during the pandemic, so many people lost their lives and and God rest those souls. I was able to be still and literally just talk and work with my child. And I believe that's how he got to saying his first word. And so it's just like, for me, it was just like, I knew, I know what my child is capable of doing. And I know what God told me. My God, God told me that my child will speak to millions. God told me that my child will talk to millions of people and even when he's not in the same room. So I know that my child is fully capable of talking. And I had to come out of a space of trying to convince people of something that I already know, that God has already told me. I don't need to try to convince somebody else of what God told me. God's... uh revelation for my child is the revelation for my child it's not for everybody else i and and if my child was in a place to understand that i'm pretty sure god wouldn't have revealed it to me but my child is under my stewardship he is under me he is six and so that being said i just had to be like you know what i'm i know God has told me, but I know what my child is capable of doing, what his strengths are, where his weaknesses are. And I knew that what, you know, we have 
let me let me pause right we have grown up in a society where we are taught that this is the way to teach this is the way to do a thing this is the way Girl, that you you you, you, you do that right but i've always been a person who give me a recipe i'm not following it i'm from new orleans yeah. i'm not following the recipe i'm gonna do what i want to do this is what i think this is what i feel and we are taught that you know it's this standardized test it's this way to do it and i remember having a conversation with my child's father and he was like look if he has an issue learning in a general population setting then you know then something's wrong and we need to do this but we had gone through all these neurological tests and thousands of dollars and everything and it was like nothing was coming up it just kept coming back to speech and he could not accept that and i refused to allow my son that is one thing i did not budge on i refused to allow my son to have a label placed upon him as an african-american male um, that that was not warranted, that you can't take off. I refused to allow that to happen. And um, I was not, you know, aloof to anything. I had done my research when I thought, okay, maybe this, something could be going on or whatever, but I'm looking at what it is and I'm like, this is not it. And a lot of times you don't realize some of the things that you go through in life and why it's important. I lived with my aunt my senior year and she is a doctor and you don't understand why some of the things you have in your toolkit are there until such a time when you need it. And so that being said, I was like, I refuse to accept that. Like there's no, it's speech and what he needs is this. And he's an only child. And so I'm just, you know, I literally, we get in the car and I'm able to hand my child a book and be like, read the book while we're driving in. And him, you know, me having a conversation with him and my prayer had been for so long to just be able to have a conversation with my son. And now it's changed, but, you know, so I, that that's my, my, my spilled milk, um, my spill milk moment. And, um, you know, for, uh, this year and, um, That's so yeah. That's so, that is so interesting. And of course, you know why, um, I asked that question. So just to give you listeners a little background, um, my mom and I, um, are sisters from another mister. That's just <laughs> what it is. Uh, we've met and have essentially been inseparable ever since. It feels like it's been 30 years, but it's going on four of our friendship. Or no, we just hit three, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So we just hit three years of friendship, but I promise you it feels like 30. Um, and so I asked that question of her, you all, because I had a super encounter. So also, unbeknownst to you all, we did not share what we felt like were our top bills of the year. So I need to share that as a disclaimer with you all. Um, <clears throat> and I'm saying that because my bill, my next bill that I wanted to share, that was monumental and has changed the trajectory of how I view myself in life, also comes from um, not trusting myself. And so my question to her regarding what early experience can she attribute to that spill um, is very closely related to my very own. Um, and so one of my spills of 2023, which is coupled with my first spill, as I shared, um, is not trusting myself. Mm -hmm. And 
I am finding that the most discerning and intuitive people are attacked there because we are discerning and intuitive. Um, and that's something that's huge for me because God has blessed me with the gift of prophecy. And I fought that too. I didn't trust myself with that gift um, also because I had seen it mismanaged in the past, but um, it was definitely something. Um, but I absolutely see how some parts in large I attributed to the length and the lack of health in my marriage was attributed to me not trusting myself. Um, and I say that because that is me taking ownership of my side of the road mm -hmm. and what transpired in my marriage, yeah. right? And so um, also something I've come to realize is that oftentimes people believe that you know, they'll say, well, what, what did you do wrong in the marriage to make it go bad? Because it takes two. And um, when they say go bad, their immediate assumption is your treatment of your partner. However, your treatment of yourself. Yes. Yes. Is very much so attributed. Yes. And so... I just want to shed light on that because oftentimes, you know, the big three, why relationships and divorces take place, right? There's a big three. But what people don't understand that haven't walked the walk of true marriage, they have not walked the walk of experiencing divorce, don't understand that your wrongdoing does not have to be to the spouse, mm. toward the spouse. Mm. Um, and I'm learning that. And I'm saying that because naturally how you treat you overflows, right? So I'm not absolving behaviors towards your partner, but those behaviors start from within. And that's what happened. Yeah. Right? I was boundless. One. Two, I also did not trust myself and did not believe myself because my strength and my natural leadership and being a visionary, right, has always been villainized and weaponized against me as oh you're controlling you're overbearing you're these negative attributes of what leadership and visioneering is and so it took a mentor of mine to tell me at the top of this year and she corrected me very good strong correction that I told her, I say, you know, and I'm working on being controlling and I'm working on these, these, these things and these things. And she is just like, and let me tell y'all, I'm as raw with her as I am with Lala. Okay. So she knows the rules of the I'm not one for not telling on myself. Lala <laughs> <laughs> can definitely attribute to that. I will tell on myself. I don't care if it's cute or not. I'm going to tell on myself. So needless to say, I told, I, you know, I was telling myself. And so her response to me was, very very loving corrective and strong and she looked me dead in my eyes and she said people's lack of understanding of your leadership of your ability to be a visionary of your ability to ideate and to create and to be able to 
find solutions to things and being a go-getter and a self-starter, you don't allow for their misinterpretation of that to make you shun the gift that God has given you of leadership. More. When she said those words to me, and I that's that's really information that's not the that's not in entirety or verbatim, but that's what she said to me. And I needed to hear that. And that early life experience I'm referring to when it comes to those things are a part of what made me stay in the marriage when I knew that it wasn't the healthiest and the most conducive relationship. Mm -hmm. And so what I did wrong was allowing that villainizing and allowing for that um, uh, derogatory interpretation of me, allowing that to sway and in, uh, in pretty much not sway, but allowing that to make me ignore my experience with my ex-husband. Um, and because he is like a nice guy and, you know, um, can come across as like really delightful and you know all these things me being assertive was always interpreted as me being controlling as me being you know out of place or these things and so that fostered the ability for me to continually stay somewhere that I knew was very unhealthy mm -hmm. yeah and not unhealthy in this worldly way that people take that like, oh, if it's killing my vibe, I'm it. no, 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 no. That's not authentic in my opinion. It wasn't in that way. It was in a way that you guys have heard it. They pinch you like, you know, they throw the, throw the rock and hide their hand, right? So my, my, my illustration of that was there were many ways um, and not maliciously, but it happened where the imagery was my husband, my ex-husband was pinching me under the table for a reaction and then behaved as though he did nothing. Mm. And so that was the constant experience. And so once you've been pinched one too many times under the table, you don't care who's at the table. You don't say something. Yep. <laughs> Yep. And that's what began to happen. And so, yes, I did not exhibit the best form of self-control. I did not know how in that capacity. I didn't, I didn't know how to navigate what I was experiencing on top of being told I was the problem all the time, right? Where there was no one with discerning eyes to investigate and say, okay, when I see her in this kind of space, she is not that way. And it's only when you're in this kind of space is it this way. I had no one to, to discern that for a long time. Mm -hmm. And so naturally, on the outside looking in, it would be interpreted as I was this most disrespectful, mean, you know, like emasculating woman and all these things. And it was hard for me because... I am like, y'all don't get it. We literally had a two, three hour conversation 
about what our plan was and how we were going to execute it. So I walk away from the table thinking we got our ducks in a row, but we get somewhere else or we go in public where the plan gets in motion. And it's like we never had a conversation and we never had a plan, right? right. So that type of experience is very difficult to navigate it still looks sane to people. It just, it is what it is, right? So yes, in turn, I behaved disrespectfully and I apologized to my ex-husband for that. In return, you know, I did um, um, struggle to trust him. And so because we did not have trust, like, I mean, y'all don't even understand. Like, I just, and I guess, anyway, I'm not going to bash him. This is not a bash session, but this is just, yeah, this is just the truth of the experience for me. And so um, it was hard. It was very, very difficult to navigate those waters oftentimes. And so a lot of that reinforced me not being able to trust myself. And then I had a very early childhood experience that was very difficult and traumatic for me and I shared it with my mother and she blamed me and so that also was something that put a bit of disbelief in myself where I'm like maybe I did do something to provoke that maybe I earned that because I behaved this way or maybe this that and the third right so it was always this questioning of myself and my intentions and my motives which to an extent you need that that's necessary but when it becomes a detriment to where you are ignoring and suppressing your own negative experiences for the sake of it becomes this martyrdom that's no longer healthy word and so that's the part for me that speaks to that not trusting myself and it's good for me to be going through this and having this process now um, because honestly you guys like i met my husband at 20 we were married at 22 when i turned 22 and um being with him for 15 years that literally was all of my developmental years so in some instances relationally i am immature and i've come to realize and accept that um but now in a healthy way in a way now that i have the experience of having a marriage that didn't succeed um and desiring remarriage again like listen it's just what it is um it's 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 a it's a different kind of experience and so at this late age and i figured it would be some navigating and some challenges and things of that nature um and so i honor this experience i honor this journey you know with my newport cup but it definitely brings up friction and so the more that i navigate this and these are things too this is also something it's like oh my god you didn't take too much time to heal you don't know me, you don't know my story. <laughs> you don't know my life. Absolutely have been. However, you can do all the healing in the world. People think because their uh, triggers aren't agitated that they're healed. 
there are some things you just cannot address by yourself, right? You need a mirror. You need a partner. You need a person in your life that can reveal things to you that will stay hidden because it's just you. You know, you don't know how people are experiencing you um, or how that can be a negative trait you may have or behavior or characteristic or habit. You don't know that until you have to engage with another person. Um, And so that is something that definitely having experience like, okay, I'm no longer going to distrust myself. I'm going to say all the things and if my person can't handle me sharing and expressing all these things and being upfront and being honest and not holding back, then it's not my person, right? Like that's just the reality of it. Um, if they can't journey with me through the transition, if they can't hold space, if they can't be patient, these are things that are important to me, you know? And so to an extent, I'm very grateful to have had the experience of my marriage because it's shed light on a lot of things for me now looking back on it and it's given me some really good tools in moving forward, you know, when it comes to relational experience um, and how to navigate with someone who is very different. <laughs> um, than I've ever experienced before, you know, in my new cup I poured. And so it's been great. It's been really good. And it's come with some bumps, you know, um, but it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? We are two perfectly imperfect humans trying to navigate life. Um, And so just holding space for me and not distrusting myself is very important. and it's just like the most authentic I can be. So that's mine, Sissy. Got it. So I do have, <laughs> look, I get it. So I do have a question that I want to ask. But before we do that, we're going to take a brief break and we will see you in a couple minutes. It's Lala, y'all. So I don't know what you all wrap your gifts with throughout the year, but me, I prefer Gilded Confetti. Dive into the essence of Gilded Confetti, where each roll of wrapping paper is not just a product, but a nod to Black excellence, right? We are here to celebrate not just the moment, but the moment in Black culture. Our designs go beyond the ordinary, capturing the vibrancy and spirit of every celebration. From birthdays to baby showers, each is an elegant testament to our rich heritage. Gilded Confetti isn't just about wrapping gifts. It's about embracing and showcasing the beauty and diversity of our community in every fold. So join Gilded Confetti in this celebration at www.gildedconfetti.myshopify.com where we're not just wrapping presents, we're unwrapping the essence of our culture, one beautiful, joyous, and proud piece at a time. One, welcome back to the Spilled Milk Podcast. Thanks, Yoli, so much for, you know, sharing that. Um, I hope that, you know, who knows? I'm sure there's many uh, in the community who are experiencing some changes 
um, in their marriage, some changes with themselves in terms of growth and rediscovery and, you know, just all of those things, the shadow work. Um, and so I have a question that I want to ask. So, uh, pretty much this one, how do you reconcile trusting yourself? Right. So how do you reconcile self-trust with the advice you know, and or opinions from others, especially in critical situations. And I say that um, because right before the break, you did say that, you know, people don't know your struggle. They don't know what's going on or, you know, talking about healing. Oh, you're not healed. You didn't give yourself enough time to have a break, you know, before pouring yourself another cup um, into each his own. Right. But you did make a, a point of bringing up, you know, that a lot of times as humans, we do think that we are healed from a situation or, oh, that doesn't bother me. I'm not triggered by it. But that's just because you haven't had the right trigger. Right. You haven't had the right person to even when a trigger came up, it, they might not have applied the right amount of pressure, you know, to yeah. get a response out of you. And so that's my question. You know, how do you reconcile self-trust with the advice, you know, and opinions of others, uh, especially in critical situations. And just, um, I want to talk about really what the harmony looks like between, you know, self-reliance and considering that external input. Yes. I love that question so, for so many reasons, but to start, one thing that I don't know that many people do when they're going through something, um, that is life-changing is I don't think that they prioritize redefining their values. And because your values differ, right? When you're in a marriage, my values were very different as a married woman um, and mother than they are as a single mother now, you know, a single or an unmarried mother is what I guess I could say. I don't know how you put that. Um, your values have to change. Your focus shifts. Um, your timing, your time management, your allotment—all those things shift. And so, I think that a key component to really harmonizing between being able to trust yourself and being able to um, accept wise counsel has to come with your values. Um, and so for me, recalibrating and redefining my values slowly, one step at a time, one value at a time, um, are the ways in which I can keep that in the forefront in conjunction with prayer and staying before the Father. And I do believe that you do need to seek wise counsel, but in seeking wise counsel, it's just that, right? Counsel. You're not going to someone for wise decision giving, right? You're going for wise counsel, meaning that you've taken the time to consider a thing, a decision, a move, however you want to call it. And now you're just like, okay, this is what I believe is what it is. Let me get some other perspectives. Let me get some other counsel, somebody who has had similar experience or someone that I can trust to ask me the right question who knows my values. Because we're all guilty of thinking because we've given advice, they should take it, one should take it, right? 
and sometimes we get butt hurt about it. Now, if it's somebody who has a habit of getting advice, don't take it and always listen up, that's different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they got their mind made up, right? I think that's a different scenario. But if someone comes to me and just says, hey, what do you think? I want to share what I think. And I'm going to, in, in return, ask deeper questions. And I will say, have you considered? Right? I'm not really big on what I think, saying on what I think is best is. I, it's hard for me to articulate that to someone who's making a decision in their life. But I will absolutely challenge you with a, have you considered this? Mm-hmm. Do you think this? Right? And I always am saying that because I remember what it felt like to be told what I should do. Right. Without consideration of my whole experience, of my whole person. And so through that, I learned that it's best to ask questions unless I am asked straight up, like, what do you think I should do? What do you best, right? And to an extent, I'll share what I think may be best, given how much I know about the person, how much context I have, and things of that nature. And then again, I usually just point them back to questions. I point them back to values. I point them back to goal. I point them back to whatever it is they ask me to do, you know, to, to help them along. Uh, accountability, I guess you could call it, right? So, you know, if you give me, if you say, oh, hey, sissy, like, I want to do this, that, and the third, and blah, 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 but I'm not doing well in keeping this and that and that and the third, right? And so I'll simply ask you, sissy, are you considering capacity right now, right? Like, because I know what a bend is you can have. Like, yeah. you know what a bend is that I can have, right? right. So it's like, hey, you're not thinking about capacity because <laughs> that sounded like a lot, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? things of that nature and so it's different to me like when you have a life partner accountability accountability partner in your in your in your corner they're still going to push you toward upholding the value and the standard that you said you have and that you want to accomplish at going deeper in or moving toward um and so i think that that's key like in order to be able to sustain your own self-trust has to be with you being able to have fully truly evaluate it and establish your values alongside God and what he has for you. Um, you know, and truth be told, you have to ask yourself the hard question. Am I in integrity with myself? If you cannot answer that question and it's not clear and it's not overt, then you may need to go and seek wise counsel or you need to just pause, you know? Um, but that's a long-winded answer to your question. I hope I hit it in some way. Yes. <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. It's good. I appreciate that. Thank you for a- answering it. Um, so I think just the beauty in that is, and it might, uh, you know, I think it comes with experience and age and um the avenues we choose our relationship with God, just among, you know, various uh, frequencies are involved. But I, I think that the, the more that we advance on the path that we're on right now, just that self-reliance will become stronger. It'll become a thing where you will, you know, it won't have to be so much work trying to, 
navigated in terms of the external, you know, inputs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like when you first start walking with God, you know, you, you're you just like, mm, okay, is this me? Is it God? Is it something else? I don't know. You know, and then and, and, and then as you continue to keep walking with God, it becomes, okay, I know God said this, like without a doubt. Like I know that this is a me thing. But I think it's very important to say, you know, wise counsel is just that it's wise counsel i'm not coming to you to make the decision for me i'm not coming to you to push the button for me right i'm coming to you for wise counsel and i will take that counsel under advisement and you know you eat the meat and spit out the bones and what i choose to do with that is what i choose to do with that but you know respecting um those people who are your wise counsel, you know, and, and, uh, but also honoring and being truthful to yourself. And if they truly are wise counsel, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna understand that, Hey, I'm just giving you advice. You know, it's up to you what you choose to do with it, but whatever you choose to do with it, you know, good, bad, or indifferent, we're still going to be here to support. So, um that part so y'all this is the first episode of the spill milk podcast and we are recapping 2023 so this episode is going to be um or it's turning out to be a little bit longer than what our other episodes are going to be but we hope that um you are able to just like I just said, eat the meat and spit out the bones, you know, what is appropriate for you. And we would love for you to share your stories uh, with us when you are ready to. But um, for me, I'm going to say for my last one, for my, you know, spilled milk um, is just putting people in the boxes they belong in. I'm going to say that. That was my spilled milk thing. Um, You know, was my... And it's my fault. It's my fault, right? And this is a, a result of not having boundaries. And so I am in a space, and this is going to be something that we are in, going to talk about and delve into um, in greater length this year with the Spill Milk podcast. But, you know, it was putting people in the boxes they belong in, and then also recognizing where it's my fault that the milk spilled, right? It's my fault. Um, that I did not have the proper boundaries in place. And so that that came, you know, in, in various different ways. And um, I had to come to a space of realizing that sometimes, you know, you don't have to announce everything. Like I always, you know, would always say like, before I would stop, you know, talking to someone or stop doing a thing, I felt the need to explain why I'm doing it. And um, I was like, you know, departures don't need announcements. You know what I'm saying? The the announcement itself is that I'm ghost. And so, um, I, but also to trying to um, be conscious of the fact that some of those relationships with individuals are ones where you just need a break. You know what I'm saying? You need a break. And you, you know, you'll come back and you, you'll pick it up but that I don't need to talk about, you know, everything. I don't need to like it. Now, if they have an issue with something, then fine, they have an issue with it. But I no longer do. And that's it. 
And so I will say for me, my spill milk moments uh, was putting people in the boxes that they belong in. Um, and by doing that, and what I mean by that is, is that in some instances, in one instance in particular, um, uh, so to go through it really quickly, my word for the year was reconciliation. And in that space, I did not add, I was not very specific. I just prayed to God for reconciliation and the relationships that matter. And then God, made the decision along with me, my own, but God made some decisions on the relationships that didn't need it to be reconciled. And, um, and I was like, okay, but that wasn't, you know, what I wanted to do, but I went ahead and I did it because I wasn't going to be Jonah. So, but, um, I am now in a space of having to put, uh, some family members in boxes, um, for not respecting, my boundaries. And at first it was very frustrating, but then I had to realize and God had to talk with me, you know, you cannot get upset for how somebody mismanages the access that you gave them <laughs> because you didn't make sure you didn't do your due diligence to make sure that they were responsible, like that they could handle the responsibility with the level of access that you were giving them. And so you you know, you are responsible for your interview, the questions you ask, whatever, you know, and, and you might not know all the questions to ask at the time you conduct the interview, but once you become aware, it's your job to, to ask them questions. It just like it's my, it's your employer's job periodically to come and do a drug test. Yeah. You might not have passed, you might've passed the drug test before. Well, let's check again. You know, so I got new knowledge. So you know, that and um, the frustration of it was just in the sense of, you know, sometimes we feel away with people because we're just like, they're not respecting our boundaries, but they can't respect the boundary that we didn't put in place. And then also too, um, the frustration comes in when somebody's not meeting expectations that you have, because again, you didn't set up the proper boundaries. And in this space, I have chosen to pour another glass of milk, but doing so responsibly. So instead of me pouring a full glass of milk, I'm pour half because this is, this is a half moment with you. you you're only going to be here for me to eat two cookies and drink a half a glass of milk, not eat six cookies and drink a full glass. So, you know, just understanding what that is and limiting that. And um, I got blessed by something. It was just like, you know, in the Bible, um, whether, you know, you listeners, whether you believe in God or not, we all know, we've all heard of Adam and Eve. And when they ate of the tree, God had a boundary. Don't eat from the tree. God had a boundary. Don't eat from the tree. And so when you chose to eat from the tree, when they chose to eat from the tree, God still loved them. He still cared for them. You know what I'm saying? But he kicked them out of Eden. It's like, nah, you got to go. I, I had a boundary. You violated the boundary. I'm reducing your access. Doesn't mean I love you any less, but you don't get this. You don't get this level of access to be in this garden anymore they could still have a certain amount of access with God, 
because that's what you know god ultimately desires to be in relationship with us but you're not going to get all these things and it's the same thing we do with our children right if your child doesn't listen what do you do you reduce access to stuff that they like playstations sports trips food going out to eat things like that right but you don't love them any less you just reduce the access because i'm giving you what the level of access that you are capable of being responsible for and when you show me you can handle more responsibility then i can open up the access and so that was the thing it was just like and so sometimes you get upset with people for some of the things that they might say the way that they might move the fact that they feel emboldened to say certain things to you because they think that they have you know they think that they're operating off of some knowledge or whatever not understanding that their access had been reduced you only know the extent of what i've told you and so then you begin to fill in those gaps with things that you think it is and um and what it ended up being was i was just like you know what <laughs> it's my fault i gave you a certain level of access it's just like with social media, famous people. You give people, famous people give us a certain level of access, and then people get in the comments thinking they can be self righteous in them because you've given them that level of access. And so, um, you know, in that way, I was like, I got to be Beyonce. I'm going to tell you why Beyonce, Michael B. Jordan, honestly, probably more Michael B. Jordan, Denzel. Because you want me to tell you what they don't do? Social media. <laughs> they, 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 are like you're not gonna get you ain't gonna get no access you know and so the beginning of me sort of kind of experimenting experimenting with this or whatever like my birthday came and i usually write this long message of all of these different things and i didn't i just dropped the picture and that was it i don't need to say anything and so it was just a space of you know i am moving into a space where i only want the people around me they genuinely want to be around me. And the ones that are around me, I want to make sure that I am, you know, setting up my boundaries appropriately and conveying those appropriately, you know, and uh, not being afraid to do that and not afraid to limit access, you know? And so, um, and ultimately just recognizing, you know, boundaries are the limits and the rules, you know, that we choose to set, you know, for ourselves within relationships. Like I think a lot, I had to, I had to reimagine what I thought a boundary was. Cause a lot of times you think the boundary is for the other person, but it's not, it's a set of rules for you, right? Yeah. It's how you choose as an individual to take better care of yourself, right? It's about self. It's selfishly, it's about, but that's what it is. It's how it's, about you the boundary is about how you approach relationships with your friends with people you work with right it's about you and the boundary is fluid it's flexible right it's not it's it's, it's not stagnant it's not rigid like you can do that but it's about having healthy healthy boundaries and about me valuing my own like you just talked about self-reliance, self-trust, my own opinions, not compromising my values um, for other people, not oversharing um, and and uh, accepting when others say no. But more importantly, and this is the part, is making sure that people accept when I say no. Right. Like it's my no is it's 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 a it's no is a complete sentence. 
You know what I'm saying? It's a complete sentence and not feeling like I need to explain. And that's where I felt. That's why I said putting people in a box where they need to be in. Because I found myself, especially in one relationship in particular, constantly trying to explain to this person to try to justify to them why I felt the way that I felt. And recently when we reconnected, I was just like, hey, look, I, I said these things and and that's what I said. And I was like, and I'm in a space where I don't have to justify to you or to anybody else. And I felt this huge um, shift for me uh, in this particular relationship because I was just like, I'm not, I'm I'm putting you on notice that I, I'm, I'm choosing what I share with you. That's it. You know what I'm saying? If I choose not to share with you, I choose not to share with you. And I don't have to explain why a thing is the way that it is. If I say my son cannot have pork, he can't have pork. I don't need to tell you that if he eats pork, he gets sick or whatever, whatever. I said, no, that's it. And that's, you know, that. And so, um, and so I just, you know, thank you, girl. I'm proud of me too. So I was just like, you know, but in that I, I have to, and I'm still working through this, right? Like I'm not gonna get it right all the time, but it's part of that is me understanding my own feelings, right? And redefining or not even redefining because I never had any definitions before of what space looks like for me. When I say I need space, when I say I need to take a break, when I wanna pull back what that looks like and not it being a thing where, because when we're spilling the milk, right? A lot of times when the milk spills, you know, like, you you try to hurry up and catch it before it like it spreads and now you got a bigger mess to 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 do but you got to be careful where you put down the actual carton of the gallon of milk so that that doesn't spill too and so it's me having situational awareness and then like i said defining the space that i need and then effectively communicating what those needs are right um, so that I'm not feeling overwhelmed. So like you said, I'm not feeling that capacity, taking rest when I need to take rest. And so that's the space that I'm, you know, that I am in. And it has allowed me the freedom, like it's allowed me to recognize that, again, the minute I had the epiphany that boundaries is a me thing, you know what I'm saying? It's a me thing. Boundaries are a God thing. Like if God has boundaries, surely I can have boundaries. And boundaries is my way of a different version of self-care, right? I'm prioritizing myself, even if that means disappointing other people, if that means letting go of some relationships, right? Whatever that is, because it's about protecting me and clearly communicating what I will and will not tolerate. And that's it. And so for me, I've chosen to pour myself addition. Yeah, I'm going to pour myself. I'm going to continue to pour myself some cups because these are still relationships that I value. But I ain't going to fill up the glass all the time. You know what I'm saying? I might fill it up a fourth of a way. I might, you know, but I'm going to continue to pour, you know, and it's just, that's just, I look at milk in the way of how much access am I going to give this person in this moment at right now? And that's it. Yeah, that's good. That's so rich and it's so good. I'm so proud of you. I'm proud to hear you um, say the things that you're saying. Um, and it teeters into like what I was sharing as well, my last spill, right? In terms of like, 
it was boundless in my marriage because I had never navigated or understood how you create boundaries within a marriage, within a relationship, because I've always been taught enough of the understanding of for your spouse, you pour everything. Like, what do you mean? You know, like never not, never understanding that. I'm just like, well, that's crazy because like you said, I have, I have boundaries with friends. I have boundaries with my family members, my coworkers, my children. Like, you know, it's just like, man, so there were things I would not necessarily tolerate, but then what? There was still no boundary because I had not learned or defined how to or not to engage with certain things. And so it is, it's, it's really a rich thing. And I'm thinking I, I got good boundaries, <laughs> <laughs> but they were compartmentalized, right? Because it was just like, I, like, okay, so with your kids, you walk away. With your family, with your friends, you walk away. You don't talk to them. It's like, you live with this person. What you gonna do? You know what I'm saying? Like, how you gonna have a boundary with this person? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it, it's, it's, it's kind of sticky and it's different. Um, especially if you don't start out that way with your partner or, or you know, all your significant other, um, it can be challenging. That's a whole nother thing. That that's a that's not to cut you off, but that's a whole nother thing because I think too, you know, when you when you when it didn't start off with having boundaries and now you choosing to have boundaries or implement boundaries, now it becomes a thing of like, okay, you switching it up or you know you like you're acting funny or this is a thing it's like no 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 the fact that we didn't have them in place before that 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 doesn't mean that was the right way to do it right before you know what i'm saying people came out with car seats you was just slapping kids babies in the in in the car and that was that that didn't mean just because y'all was getting from point a to point b doesn't mean that that was the safest or the right way to do it right so 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 you know i think that that's the other part of it Look, look, don't tickle me with a good time. Do not tickle me with a good time. But yes, you know what I'm saying? Like people like that, that thing when you don't know, you know what I'm saying? But once you, can we talk about, it is about don't know, but can we just talk about All I got is one word for that Apple, because guess what? It don't matter. They're going to have iPhone 67. They don't care. Just the first iPhone work. You know what I'm saying? Work fine. So there's always a level of improvement. And that's the thing. Like we should always be improving. We should always be um, learning. We should always be evolving, you know? And and so that's the thing. And And I think too, it's a sign of maturity when you can appreciate somebody's evolution in that. And if it's some, if it fits for you and it's something you want to take with you and you want to implement, cool. And if not, then that's totally fine too. But don't, you know, I'm not going to say this is going to be a curse free zone because it's not, but don't, don't shit on the fact that I am trying to do that. Right. 
You know what I'm saying? If you love me and you care about me, then you will support me through this part of it and you will respect what I'm saying because ultimately, again, it is for my benefit, right? It's If you say genuinely you want me happy and you want what's best for me, then I'm telling you that this boundary is what I need. I don't, I'm not feeling heard. I'm not feeling seen. I'm not feeling you're respecting my nose. I'm not feeling that you understand that, you know, this thing. And, you know, a lot of times we try to think like, oh, okay, well, you know, I'm cool with implementing boundaries with my employer. Cause like, if they play with me, I'm a like, nah, I quit. But we not even in that regard, right? That like, they'll do their thing and you continue to still be there and you continue to, you know, whatever. And I, and I think all of the, the boundaries at the very base, base level boils down. If you don't have a boundary, it's out of fear, period. If you do not enforce your boundary, it's out of fear, right? You you could be like, I'm not taking this shit no more at work because you put a boundary in place, but you'll continue to stay there because you fear one, finding another job. You fear that uh, you might not get the pay. You fear that they might fire your ass and be like, oh, okay, well, that's how you feel. That's it. I was just, it's, it's out of fear. You don't implement boundaries with your husband or your wife because you fear that they might leave you or they might go cheat or they might go do whatever sometimes you don't end up implementing with your child because you fear that if especially if they're already a wayward child that they'll go more wayward you know what i'm saying or whatever but boundaries are a god thing to not have boundaries in place is problematic you know what i'm saying boundaries allow you not to have chaos right the, the very first thing God did when he created the world was he said there was a firmament, a boundary mm-hmm. at the ocean has a boundary, a sand and an ocean. So, you know, obviously we can continue to talk about boundaries and, and things like that, but uh, we're going to take a break. For years, you've been searching for balance, feeling overwhelmed, always on edge, But what if balance is just basic? It's time to break free. Imagine transforming stress into serenity, uncertainty into unapologetic confidence, insecurity into iconic strength. Rediscover your favorite color, what brings you laughter, what sparks your joy. Move from bound to free, becoming your most confident, courageous, and cheerful self. This is not just a change. It's a revolution in being you. If you are ready to reinvent yourself in 2024, you need the Harmony Accelerator. Go to www.coachyoli.com. That is coachyoli.com. Welcome back to the Spill Milk Podcast with your girl, Lala. And your girl, Yoli. Yeah. So we are getting close to the end of episode one. So now we're in our segment that we call our Empower Milk Message. And so this is just something that's, you know, a big thing for me. Um, I used to be the person who would create new year's uh new year's resolutions and now i don't do that anymore um i really do believe that if you want to make the change you'll make the change now you don't need to wait until a new year starts to go ahead and do it um if you want to do that you can just go ahead and do it right now and so you know our goals and i'll say my goals um i don't want to speak for yoli but you know my goals 
is is just to take bigger leaps of faith this year and also just redefining what wins look like um and so i think it's really important and that's why the month of january is all going to be about uh self-reinvention i think it's important you know to set our intentions for the year now as opposed to you know waiting later in the month of january or waiting for new year's resolutions waiting for 2025 um it's it's really important to just go ahead and set those things in place and you know i think a big thing for me you know with taking a leap of faith and bigger leaps of faith is just an understanding and trusting and believing in myself um, the vision that God has placed in me, the vision of who, what, and where I want to be in the future. Um, and just also, you know, just operating from a very basic fundamental belief in believing that good things will happen when I choose to change my life, when I choose to change certain aspects of my life. Um, and there's going to be mistakes, right? Things happen. That's a normal part of the process, part of our human experience, but um, really taking a leap of faith and, and not in the sense of, you know, I'm doing it blindly, right? Because I'm not doing that. This leap of faith and this bigger leap of faith for my family, for myself, for my businesses for 2024 is leaps of faith that are informed by the vision that God has given me um, and an understanding of my own capabilities, my own values and my own goals. And so this year is just really like, one, showing my support systems, how much I value them, um, you know, strengthening and bolstering up my support systems, like just taking a real like reevaluating and looking at, you know, my tribe. Um, and but just also understanding it when you take a leap of faith, you're you're not taking it alone. Um, I'm taking it with God, I'm taking it with my family, um, I'm taking it with my friends, I'm taking it with my tribe. And so, you know, just understanding that and um just holding space for myself too to that the whole this whole aspect of self-development for me um is not going to be linear it's not going to be fast i always like things to be accelerated at warp speed and um it's going to take a lot of energy and so i'm going to expend a lot of energy and so um but in the process i'm gonna you know explore really the roots of myself of my passions of what my interests are um and let that you know be my guide and you know something yoli said earlier about you know painful stretching like change inherently brings discomfort like change brings discomfort we are human we like to know like what's gonna happen we don't you know like oh surprise me for a birthday but don't surprise me for like no 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 no. what are we doing where are we going like i'm not a ride or die and so um so just change inherently brings discomfort and that doesn't mean that something's wrong with the path that i'm on right just because it feels uncomfortable that i look I'm looking forward to um, tolerating. I don't know if tolerating is the word I want to use. Like, I feel like, you know. Navigate. Yeah, navigating, but but 
um, getting comfortable with the discomfort, right? Getting comfortable with the discomfort, um, expecting that, like knowing going into this bigger leap of faith year that challenges are going to come along the way and being comfortable with those challenges. Like I'm going to go into those challenges. I'm going in with God. I'm going in with my family. I'm going in with my tribe and, you know, I'm going to, we're going to walk, walk it out. And so, um, yeah, man, that's, that's really what it is. And so that's what, you know, I think is super important is that, you know, we, if we want change to happen, implement it now, we don't need to wait until a new year, a new day of January one to do that. And so I'd already started working on that. So my word for 2024 is pivot, um, pivot, pivot and bigger leaps of faith. And just, again, my thing is just my reminder and I've written it down is that change inherently brings discomfort. And just because I feel like discomfort, it does not mean that something's wrong with my path. Come on. Come on. Okay. I love it. <laughs> so <laughs> I, okay. So I, how do I say this? Let me tell you. I adopted something in 2023 that has bolstered and boosted my spurt of like laser sharp focus. Whenever I accomplish any task, and this could sound so excessive and redundant to people, but for my type of personality, I needed this, so I'm going to share it. It may bless you, it may bless the listeners. Whenever I achieve any type of accomplishment. When I sell one pair of glasses, when I book one coaching session, when I um, work out my days or whatever it is, I eat a clean meal or however, I've adopted a celebration of doing a cartwheel. Man, I was gonna say, I thought you was about to say, I celebrate by buying myself some. That's my speed. <laughs> sour sting 
had to think about these words. It was a sweet and sour sting, but it was so accurate. Yeah. And I needed that because that is what I know I'm, that God is going to leverage with me within myself is to be integral with myself and to move in intention. And um, I know what that looks like and how that had, how that garnered me such early success in my business when I started three years ago is because no matter what I showed up, no matter what I was intentional, no matter what, you know, I did what needed, what needed to be done, regardless of how I felt, what I was thinking, so forth and so on. And of course, you know what I'm saying? I feel like the big bad wolf met me in the woods and blew my house down real, real good. <laughs> um, and so now that I'm, I'm coming out of this sitting in my milk and it's no longer sticky and I've scrubbed it up and it's clean and it smells like fresh essential oils, I am really getting a new whiff, a new breath of fresh air. And so I kept wondering, what is that? Like, am I just not this? Am I afraid of success? Am I this? Am I that? No, you are not in integrity with yourself. And it wasn't, it's not as just as simple as that, you all, because 2023 was a hoe and she got to go, like I said, right? So I'm happy to see her go. However, there were just spurts and times where um, I didn't have the capacity to execute. I did not, if I'm being completely honest. However, when I was getting the downloads, I did not have the integrity to move in them like I could have or believed that I could have, but God met me there. Word. So now I realize in, in just full transparency and authenticity, God is just, you know, I just got a correction. It wasn't that I was not moving in integrity in that season, but what I'm going to need in this upcoming season where he's taking me is integrity. Amen, God, I stand corrected. Because God just told me, no, I told you to sit down. And he did. And I have to be, I have to honor that, contrary to what I believe about myself. Word. I have to be honest. Because, yeah, 2023 was a hoe. And he did tell me to sit down. And he cared for me, protected me, and provided for me. Supernaturally, in 2023, to this day, I'm beyond grateful. And he knows it. So, I stand corrected, Abel. Please forgive me. Y'all, that's how Let's do a book club, but I'm not going to do that to myself. 
but I encourage you all to read or listen. Interestingly enough, though, that that that's that that might actually come into play because that is something that I was given as well. And that might be something, you know, that we might just take that to, you know, social media that we just meet on there and we discuss it and we talk about it and, um, you know, and we, and we get into it. So, yeah, I think that that's, that might be something, but you know, we'll see. Um, (laughs) yeah, that part, but man, thank y'all so much listeners for rocking with us for episode one. Um, there's a lot, this is an episode that's very different from all of the episodes that are to come, because this is obviously a recap, a little bit of 2023. Like Yoli said, it's not all of our major spills, but it is some of them. Um, and so, you know, thank you for just allowing us to, to be transparent, to be vulnerable, um, to be authentic, to be raw just thank you. And so I just want to kind of take a minute to just kind of tell y'all some of the things that we'll have coming up. So, you know, we're going to definitely for sure talk about things that are going on in the news and social media, obviously things that are going on in our lives, but you know, we're going to talk about the spills and then um, we're also going to have a segment we're going to call chatter chai. And so, you know, that's where we're going to talk about um, listener comments from social media um, or things that you guys send us via email um, and so, you know, that's where, like, if you, you have your reviews and things like that. So for sure, we definitely want to hear your feedback on the episodes. We would love for you to give us five-star reviews. And if it's anything less than five stars, I'm going to just keep it a buck. Email. You can email us. You, you don't even need to, you don't need to put the, you don't need to give us less than five stars on Spotify, on no platform, on Apple. You can just send us an email and then we can talk it out. Like, we would love to have you on and see, like, you know, flesh out what it is um that's going on but you know that's what it is that's what we've got coming um up we're gonna have some other things you know we're gonna try to leave you all with what we call you know espresso shots it's just something to get you through for the week you know you put that shot of espresso until we meet again something to get you through and so and we hope that you know it'll bless you and so you know those are some of the things we've got coming Yes, yes, yes. And also, um, just to add to that also um, is new reflections. Um, We really, really, really want to hear from you all. We want to hear your stories. We want to hear how you address your spills. Did you choose to cry? Did you choose to clean it up? Or are you going to pour another glass or are you going to do them all, right? So we want to hear about that. And I want I like to call those the new shake moments because that's the time when, you know, your cup get a little shooken up. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And you have a spill um, or something that we share provokes a thought, um, helps you recall an experience that you would like for us to elaborate on and to share um, with the family here, with the, you know, with our uh, uh, fellow spillers. spillers and splashers. Yes. There you go. Sorry. <laughs> um, that way, you know, we can foster this community, you guys, because it's rich. It's going to be some rich stuff that we navigate and we talk about. And so we don't want to just be here talking to you and talking at you. You have something to offer and some feedback and you want to share something. Or if you just need some encouragement, you know. And so we encourage you to make sure that you share your your milkshake moments with us. Um, And as you know, I have to share a disclaimer. Unless you inform us that it's anonymous, we will share. So if it is private or we read the content and we can tell, we won't share your name. But if you desire for things to be anonymous, please, please, please let us know. Uh, and we will definitely honor that. 
Um, so we just want to hear from you. We want to participate. And remember, this is a judgment-free, safe space zone. You heard me crying. You heard me snotting. You know what I'm saying? You might Who knows what you might hear next episode? <laughs> <laughs> That's exact. That is exactly right. That is exactly right. She, you know, definitely like this is a safe space, man. This is definitely a safe space. So, you know, um, again, we look forward to reading um, the email address. If you want to email us is talk to us. So talk and T-O us at the spilled milk podcast.com. And that's an E-D on spilled, spilled milk podcast.com. Um, and so now we're, you know, we'll go ahead and I'll, I'll, I'll run the espresso shot. So, you know, this is just to leave you all, leave the listeners, leave our community with, you know, an empowerment, a message for just getting through the week. Right. And they're not going to always be the same. You know, sometimes you might just get a one liner, you might get an affirmation, you might get a joke, you might, you know, we might read something that was motivational, um, that we might've read on our own time that we want to share with you. So obviously giving credit to the authors. But um, so for this one, you know, our uh, is, I can, if I could talk, girl, our espresso shot <laughs> for next week is this. Um, look, exactly. I hold space for myself. Thank you too. <laughs> okay. So, you know, just remembering, right, each spill in your path is a canvas for strength. So we challenge you to embrace the unpredictable that you are transforming every challenge, every spill um, into a masterpiece of resilience. Even if you choose to sit in it and twiddle your thumbs like Yoli said, right? That ultimately you will choose to get up. You will put them clothes in the washer. You will take a shower. You'll get dressed and we're going to roll again, right? And so just remember that you are the artist. You are the author of your journey, right? You can boldly playing your spills with your hands, you can clean it up, <laughs> you can sit in it, right? And you can do whatever you want. But just remember that in that, just the mere fact of you recognizing that there's a spill is a strength of courage, right? That's courage that, you know, and so, and there's wisdom in sitting in your spills. There's wisdom in acknowledging your spills. So for this week, you know, just my affirmation that I leave with y'all is to say this, I stand undaunted in the face of spills, knowing that within them lies the color of my growth and the texture of my triumph. So again, thank you all for joining us um, on episode one of the Spilled Milk podcast. Um, Any final sips before we roll? Girl, listen, let the church say amen. Amen. That affirmation is popping. Amen, amen. Thank you all for joining us on this journey. Again, share your stories, share your reflections, share your milkshakes, your spills. We want to hear it. You can follow us on social media. Um, Again, email addresses, talk to us at thespillmilkpodcast.com. On TikTok, we are beyond the spill. Y'all, we new here. So, you know, we we still building on our social media, but um, we will get there. And so until our next spill, never stop pouring, because after all, life is never just about the spill, but it's about how we choose to flow.
in the aftermath. Thank you all so much. Spill Milk Podcast episode one is what? In the books. We will see you all next week. We out. Peace.